welcome back to Turf Talk. My name's Lewis Tomlinson and the flat season is well and truly underway. The first weekend of the action back after lockdown and it's a classic weekend. We've already had the cross-channel editions on Monday as well and the first group race of the season on Wednesday, which we're going to touch upon before getting stuck into all the action at Newmarket and a little bit of the stuff at Newcastle as well. As per usual, I'm joined on the other end of the line by the big man, Mr. James Watson. How are you doing, buddy? Great. Uh, thoroughly enjoyable three days so far of racing, and, and hopefully that will continue. Uh, fascinating racing on Monday with the French 2001-1000. I was very impressed with Victor Ladora. He, he just does enough in front. He, he's one of them horses that I think he'll, he'll save, save himself. Um, I'm looking forward. He's looking like he's going to the French Derby now. I, I think he's a serious, serious horse. He's, he's put that comeback run behind him and uh, he won very nicely at Deauville and also in the 1000 Guineas Dream and do got the job done was uh, Mr Rossi's first uh, first grade one winner. Uh, it's not a bad grade one to be winning and speak of the devil was unluckily denied in that race and I think he'll turn out, Shield, sorry, turn out to be a better horse in that race. But other than that, great to see Newcastle. Roger Fell back with a bang. What a man. Um, started with a couple of horses all season, was a Darlington pig farmer. And now look at him, he's winning the races at Newcastle that, that we're coming back to. It's, it's great to have the sport back. And hopefully this weekend won't disappoint. Yeah, Brian the Snail won a race as well. Uh, 2020 just gets more and more strange. Uh, today, Jim, as we said, born with pride, the first member of our Turf Talk 12. A little bit disappointing, Jim, but you'd expect her to be better than that next time out at Kempton. Berlin Tango, the winner of the Group 3 Classic trial. Yeah, mine was absolutely blown. I, you know, I echo the thoughts of Paul's fancy uh, born with pride. She certainly didn't show her best. Um, all the stats now coming up it's better after timing but um, born to see uh, still hasn't had a winner at Kempton on the flat as pointed out by many other people that's never a positive thing um, there was a clear drift before the race and she was just never really in the race was she, she niggled away from, no niggled away from the stalls never really picked up stayed on okay didn't I think Marquan looked after her, to be fair. Um, he, he's hyped her up to be this superstar, and she's, sl- she's slightly disappointed in that. It's Haggis's horses, in my opinion, haven't run that well so far recently. So um, now she's had the run. She'll, she'll obviously, hopefully, be back a bit better. Yeah, almost well fancied, slightly disappointed as well. Hypothetical and Max Vega. What do you make of the winner, Jim? Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm sort of thinking Hampton Court next for Berlin Tango. Won it very, very well, I thought. Uh, stayed on strongly. I even think a step up in distance uh, over time won't, won't be won't be uh, a, a stupid thing to be doing. And Andrew Balding sound, sounded slightly surprised after the race, like he wasn't expecting a, him to win it. But you might as well chance your arm in the derby, might you know? Yeah, form ties in with Wichita, who we might mention later on in the Guineas as well. It was a, a three quarters of a length behind him in the Flying Scotsman at Donny. 
back end of the season. Also interesting to note as well, his last start before this Berlin tango, he was beaten by an ex-French author, Jane Chapel-Hyams, called Charez mm-hmm. in a conditions race back in March. He's still unbeaten now, four out of four. A listed winner at Lyon Paris. Wonder, where we, wonder when we'll see him next. He's, he's a bit of an under-the-radar horse, that Charez, but a big form boost for him there. We'll start talking about this weekend's action, Jim. And we're going to go with the headlines first. So, the group ones, and then we'll rattle through the undercard after. So, of course, we're going to start with the Coronation Cup, the big group one on Friday at Newmarket. And the best price is 6-4, to four, Gayaf, head of 130, Defoe and Stradivarius, 15-2, to two, Anthony Van Dyke, 11-1 to one for Broom, 33's Desert Encounter, and 50-1 to one for Alunak. Uh, Jimbo, Gayaf, when he wins, he wins by a mile. Is he going to win by a mile today? Um, there's the possibility to. Uh, he's still fairly lightly raced for uh, a five-year-old, isn't he? He's only had nine starts. Uh, six of them have been wins, including a grade one, a grade two, and three grade threes. I mean, when he won last time in Dubai, he won by eight lengths, and that was fairly comfortable. Uh, and he was destructive at Baden-Baden when winning that Grade 1. Um, he has disappointed in Grade 1 company before oh, at the top, top level. Group, mate. You're going to have to start saying group. I've, I've let it slide for the first few times. We're back into flat now. Oh. <laughs> um, and he disappointed in the arc. He finished 10th. He, he does run well fresh. That is the key to him. Uh, he's been off since February now. And they were ideally uh, aiming him at another target later on in Dubai. The name's just escaped me. Um, classic. Yeah, put. Shima Classic it was. Shima Classic. Um, and he's been dis- destructive in uh, lower grade. Well, I, I, I want to say lower grade group races, but um, I, I don't think... I think that's a... There's no lower grade group one races. Um, but he could be devastating on his return. He, we've seen how well he runs fresh. This is a good field for the race. Um, and he is still unexposed. He's either going to bomb out or he's going to win impressively, I think. And I don't know which side to, to edge on at this moment in time. I think I'd rather be with Defoe than him. Ooh. Please, please explain. Just in terms of solidity, I think... You know what you're getting with Defoe. Yeah, you do. And look, I was I was disappointed by him in the King George, to be fair, because last, last year was probably the best campaign of his career. He won, won this last year. This is a fairly strong race, but... I don't know. Um, I don't know how. How. How do you read? Put an accurate figure on Gayaf's form compared to this lot, mate. Like, I know he's absolutely bullied them Germans when he won that group one. But that, I know you said there are no bad group ones. Yes, there are. That was one. Uh, and again, he's looked really impressive in May, Dan. But like the Godolphin Ostafobi in this last season, old Persian. How. Literally, do you take Maidan form? You know, the he's beaten Spotify, who isn't, who wouldn't 
you know, figure amongst this field. <sighs> but Defoe finished second to Loxley and made on, so how literally do you take that? Defoe always tends to come on for the run, doesn't he, though? We were getting beat by, like, Communique and that early on last season. I don't know, mate. The, the, the thing... I've said I'd rather be with Defoe than Gayaf at the prices, but it's not... It's not a strong opinion. It's not... There's, there's, there's nothing, really, in the Coronation Cup, as bad as this sounds, the first group one of the season, that I'm particularly excited by, if you know what I mean. I think I'd almost like half a price, half a point bigger for almost everything. Yeah, it's one if of them races... Sense. Yeah, it's one of them races where you see the lineup and you think, wow, this, this looks tasty, but there's nothing in it that you really fancy. You just sort of want to watch it and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, the most fascinating angle to this race, Jimmy Stradivarius, back down at a mile and a half. Yeah, of course. Top class day. Um, he's won the last two Ascot Gold Cups. Uh, he's won the the Weatherby's Cup Special Prize, whatever it were called. Um, it, it, he's, he went unbeaten. Uh, in 10 and then was beat on his 11th in Champions Day he's interesting down in trip isn't he um, they obviously think something something of it to even contemplate running in it because there were calls for him to be running in the art last season weren't they um, I mean he's won at Beverly over a mile and one so he's quite yeah. clearly got the pace <laughs> That was as a three-year-old though, Jim, back in back back in 2017 in a class four handicap. I don't think that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not sure how particularly relevant that that is to this. His last run over a mile and a half, he was beaten off 90 at Chester. Yeah. And obviously he's a better horse now than he was then. And I do understand. I do completely see the angle of trying him over a mile and a half. Especially because they wanted to get a run into him before the Ascot Gold, uh, before the Gold Cup, sorry. And this looks potentially winnable if he's anywhere near as good over this shorter trip. I do kind of feel the further they go, the better for him. I don't think he's short a pace though for a, for an out and out stayer. No, neither do I. I just don't know whether whether. Even though I'm saying I don't think he's short of pace, I don't know whether it's enough pace for this. Yeah. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, I get you. The Derby winner, Jim. Anthony Van Dyke. Winless since his the best day of his career at Epsom in five starts since. Went out to America back end of last season as well. Beaten twice over there. Sorry, beaten once in America and then once in Hong Kong. Is he slightly underrated by the market? I, I think he is. Found out. I, I think I think there's there's a bit of juice in his price, and he's probably where I'm going to land in the end. Looking at this race, um, you've mentioned the peak of his career was that, that Derby. Uh, he was beat. I think there's been excuses in a few of his defeats. Uh, he was beaten that in the Irish Derby which, let's say that was a bit of a shambles. It, it was, no one really knew what was going on 
Sovereign went in front and nothing caught it. And it was a funny, funny sort of race. He then went on to Ascot and he and he bombed in the King George, didn't he? He was very disappointing. Yeah. Um, tailed off in the end. He then went to Leopardstown and finished third behind Magical. Now, I don't think that was as bad a run as people are making out. I watched that oh. race back. He, he 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 just looked a bit slow. Stepped back down to one mile two. Didn't suit him. Didn't suit him. So, so there's excuses. He ran well to finish third, in my opinion, on that day. Um, he then went to Santa Anita uh, for the Breeders' Cup turf. Now I think there's ex- there's excuses here. He didn't get the gaps when he wanted at Santa Anita. Raymond was very very unlucky on him. I, I, he stumbled a bit over with over a furlong to go. He kept on well. I feel like he could have pushed the barrier a bit more last season, but I just feel like things just went slightly wrong for him on certain on the big days. Everything went perfectly well for him in the derby, but from there on it out, nothing else happened. Um, I think if it had just got some splits a bit better and just didn't stumble a furlong out and everything just went slightly like, slightly better. I think he would have been an awful lot closer than two length, a length and a half off bricks and mortar in that previous cup to put a line through that chart in Hong Kong bars. It's a rough sort of race most years. Uh, it, it just, he was just never in the race. Uh, he was ridden with three furlongs to go and he just fell off to the back of TV. He's a dangerous horse to discount in this. And I, I feel, is it 15 to 2 around? I think 15 to 2 is a solid bet. Um, I, I, I think if you're looking for a bit of juice to take on Gayarth, which I, I, I don't really want to, because I, I, I do feel like he could blitz this field. But if you were just looking for a bit of juice in, in price, I think Anthony Van Dyke's probably where I'd land. I'd fully be with you there, mate. Yeah. I fully be with you there. And I think, actually, his Breeders' Cup turf run is the best performance from a horse in the past year in this field. Yeah. Even though he was third. Bricks and Mortar was an absolute monster out there last season. American Horse of the Year. Won six, you know, he won six, uh, they are grade ones over there. Sorry, he won five, five grade ones and one grade two last season. American Horse of the Year unbeaten in six stats. Anthony Van Dyke got to within a length and a half of him, with the race not particularly panning out. And he did run well in the Irish Champion Stakes, just not quite the toe over 10 furlongs that Magical and Magic Wand held. He's still come home ahead of Deirdre, mm. you know, who's a very smart international horse. Who finished, fourth, who finished, one. finished fourth in the Hong Kong Vars, Deirdre, didn't where he was falling out of the back of the telly so I, I do think there's that's the price to be on in this race yeah it would be it'd be a complete no bet race for me and I know I've kind of tried to not the thing is mate it, it's a bit of an awkward one I see it as because I don't know what I make of the favourite which makes yeah. it almost a harder race to assess around him and try and take him on because I don't... Gayaf could be £8 better than I think he is. Or, well, I, I don't even know how good I think he is. I'd, I'd, I'd put some... I could 
I could put 115 to 125. I think he could be anywhere between them, and I don't know solidly. And that makes it a bit of an awkward one. But I do think Anthony Van Dyke is probably a, at least a 119 type animal. Yeah. That might be good enough to do this. Yeah. And and you don't know what they're going to do with Broom. I was very disappointed with Broom last season. I really fancied him for the derby. Um, we didn't really see an awful lot of him after the Irish derby, did we? He finished fourth in the Epsom. Uh, I, I thought he looked the winner for some some part of the race. Again, he was in the shambles of the race to the Irish Derby. He was a big, big, gangly horse, and he didn't really fill his frame last year. If he's filled his frame this year, he's been bought by New Connections. Um, still, well, the, Magnia Tabor and Smith, yeah. but in association with Matt Shuima. So Yeah, I was going to say, that's the interesting thing, because obviously they've sold part of him out to the Japanese, mm. but the fact that the Coolmore Triumvirate still actually retain 75% of the horse is interesting. What I'd have been doing with Broom this season, and I think Aidan O'Brien has, uh, has mentioned it, that Broom would be my cup horse for the, for the Coolmore team this season, 100%. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say probably end up in the Melbourne Cup. Big time. Mm. I'm already shocked he's not being bought by the Aussies. Yeah, some yeah. You, uh, we talked about it at the end of last week's pod. The man who buys all the Joseph O'Brien, Lloyd Williams. Yeah, uh, he might struggle in this class, Broom, but he could set the race up for Anthony, Anthony Van Dyke. Go a good pace. Could even be used as a pacemaker. Who knows? Who knows? So, how entertaining for me? But I'd, I, I, I would. I'd say the Coronation Cup is a proper no-bet race for me. <laughs> but if I was to, I'd probably go with Anthony Van Dyke at the prices. He's not been as poor since he won the derby as the 15-2 suggests that he has. And it's similar for you, mate? Uh, yeah, I, I fully respect Gayarth at the top of the market. I think the fact that he's fresh will certainly suit. I think he will be very difficult to beat. I probably might play the forecast. Might play Gay Arthur AVD. Ooh. So is that you thinking Jim, that Gay Arthur is a likelier winner than Anthony Van Dyke then? Yeah, I certainly think Gay Arthur's got more of a chance of winning the race. Um, however, I, I feel like Anthony Van Dyke will be a, a, a staying on second. Uh, I'll just get the price up for the forecast, see if I can. 12 to 1. There you go. It's a decent bet, in my fair. opinion. Very fair, to be honest, mate. Yeah, I won't, I won't moan at all. I won't moan at all if Gaff goes and wins. To be fair, it's not, it's not that like I don't, don't think he's good enough. It's just, I don't know. I find him a little bit slippery at the minute, and it's, it's not a sort of race. His presence makes it an awkward race for me. Mm. That's all I'm saying. I'm probably might go back on my comment about the foe to be fair I know he's a good yardstick but this is probably a better renewal than what he won last year I don't know I really don't know I like AVD though if if I was to play it would be with him but no play for me as we move on to the 2000 guineas if you've not listened to our season preview we go in depth on this with Liam Dye from rating the races uh if you've not listened to it, what are you playing at? Pause this and go back to listen to go back to listen to that, and then come back. We go 
on and on about the guineas in that. Uh, so we'll try not to go on and on about it this time, but we do have the decks in. There are there's a general best price, 10 to 11 for Pinatubo, ahead of six as Arizona. Sevens, Camico, 14's best price, Kin Ross and Wichita. 16's, Alsa Hale, Military March, 25, Kenzai Warrior. And then 33's, a bigger, Royal Darnock and Mums Tipple. Jim, if anyone's listened to the preview, they'll know that I like Pinatubo for the Guineas. He's the right favourite. I still think he's a price at a shade of odds against. You're against him, and I've been having a bit of a debate on Twitter today as well. What price would you consider Pinatubo backable? 15 to 8. I've really? been waiting. Yeah, I've been waiting for that question all day. 15 to 8. So at what price then would you consider Arizona backable in comparison? 8 to 1. 8 to 1. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, just in case anyone hasn't... Uh, hasn't listened to the pre-season preview. Jim was with Kin Ross. I've got more evidence to back up my Kin Ross facts for this week's app. But I just want to stay on on the fab and the reasoning why I still think he's a fairly decent price is because if you look at the what he did in the Dewhurst and the National Stakes, he was three to one on both of those days. Arizona was fourteen to one in the Dewhurst. Pinatubo was on for the bri- was on the bridle for longer and won the race going away. The way the race was set up probably helped Arizona out a bit more. The national stakes, Pinatubo was, you know, he's come home in a different country to Arizona. You're getting three times the price, just under, for Pinatubo to confirm that form. Whereas Arizona in some places is five to one with Skybet. You know, that's, that's, that's a third a of the price. That's a third of the price. Do you understand where I'm coming from, mate? Yeah, I, I, I completely respect. If you back, if you if you are, if you have thirty quid on Pinatubo last time he ran, and he beat Arizona for a second time in a row, you're getting a tenner back. This time you back Arizona, you're getting close to thirty back. Yeah, you know, it's I think that's very very fair. Um, I, I thoroughly respect the chances of him. Uh. And and it's difficult to not respect him because what he did last season was devastating. Uh, you've mentioned it already. The uh, the national stakes. He was brilliant in the vintage stakes. Yeah, of course. Maybe the Jewers wasn't as impressive as we were expecting, but he still won well. Um, he's beat most of this field, and as you've said, it could, it could turn out to be a massive price. There's the question marks about the changing of the work rider over the season. I know he hasn't. I know he hasn't necessarily always worked well, Charlie Appleby said. Uh, I've got a question mark on his size. Has he grown? What? It'll be interesting as soon as the cameras go on in what he looks like. Um, vibes from the camp haven't been as bullish as I'd liked. And to say that you've got a 128-rated possible superstar sorry, going into his three-year-old career, but I, I quite like them to be absolutely singing from the rooftops about him. Have you ever heard of a man called Godolphin John? Not bullish about Pinatubo. 
Well, Jesus Christ, mate. It must be I, on mute button for you, pal, if, you don't, I, if you're saying the vibes aren't strong from the Appleby camp. I mean, it's the trainer. Like Beetlejuice. It's like Beetlejuice. You say the name Pinatubo and golfing John appears in your mentions. <laughs> <laughs> Bless uh, him, he's a good lad, he's John. Uh, uh, but I understand all that. I understand all that. In terms of physical scope, yes, you wouldn't expect him to have improved as much over the winter as a couple of the others. I accept that. But I don't think he needs to have improved as much. You know, time for him having 14 clear. If Peter Tubo stood still, the others will have had to have improved a hell of a lot. You know, the only thing I think Peter Tubo needs to have not done is not regressed. That's all it is for me. And at a shade of odd and at a shade of even money, I just think it's a price, mate. I think it's a better price than talk about other odds on shops that have been beaten this season. Say Benny did during the mayor's hurdle. Because mm. Benny had a rival there that she never faced, had been unbeaten, winning two grade you know, won two grade ones that season, and was potentially as good, you know, if not better than her. I know, you know, things panned out in Honeysuckle's way. But Pinatubo is a better odds-on shot than Benny Dejure because we know Pinatubo, on all-known form, is better than this lot. On all-known form, Benny Dejure, you couldn't have actually said she's definitely better than Honeysuckle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, completely agree. And I don't get the... The thing about him working, not working well, and stable vibes and that, I just think that they're going to happen anyway. Because with an unbeaten odds-on shot, people are going to want to go out and take him on. That's the nature of the game, right? And I don't blame them for doing that because sometimes it's completely the right strategy to do. But they can't look at the form book as a reason to take him on. Because if they look, if they try and use a form book to get Pinatubo beat, they're just going to come to the conclusion that Pinatubo wins it. So therefore, they have to look for something else to make their argument. And the fact that, well, apparently he's not working well, fits well. It can't be properly proven, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're a mole down in Applebee's. You know? <laughs> did you not see, did Mr. Appleby not see me hiding in the bushes the other way? Yeah. <laughs> the Elsa style. Ha! Oh, my days. But do you get my point, mate? I, just, I feel like it's all speculation. Yeah. Um, and whilst um, I understand where the speculation comes from. I, I, I believe what I see with my eyes rather than with what might happen, you know, in my head and what someone's auntie's cat's friends told them. <laughs> Bang on. I don't, I'm also interested in how Mr. Appleby's horses will be running after this long break. He, he's only had one runner back as we speak. Uh, he's got a handful of two-year-olds running tomorrow at Newmarket. Um, he, he's only had the one that Finished third today, I think, in the classic ran, trial. That's all right. Ran well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the others run. But that we're, we're fine. I'm trying to find holes in Pinatubu, and I, I could end up with egg all over my face. However, it's a laugh, isn't it? Well, it's one of them as well, mate. I completely understand why people would think Pinatubu will win, but don't want to back him. Yeah. Fully understand that. And it wouldn't normally be for me. I'm not, uh, you know, people listen to know this regularly. I am a lot more of a, 
I don't bet particularly often. I'm I'm a very very conservative gambler, you know, because it tends to affect it tends to affect the way I watch races back because I just watch the horse I backed back, and if if he gets beat. I just watch it and watch it and watch it, and I don't focus on the race as a whole. And doing what and doing my job, it you know it 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 means I'm worse at my job. So I I don't I don't particularly back horses, especially not odds on shots. But here, I don't know, mate. I just think the disparity in the price. I just think he's he's bigger than he should be, unknown form even considering the variables. You like Kim Ross, mate, and you say. You've got something to strengthen the case. Yeah. Um, two runs, one win. He's, he's winning at Newmarket on October the 5th. He was absolutely devastating. He beat the field by eight lengths. I was very, very impressed. Now, I've been looking through the time figures on that day, and he ran the last three furlongs a second quicker than Bilston Brook, who had won the 1,000 guineas. Uh which was roughly it's roughly about five lengths. So, and that, and that was on uh, good to soft ground. Now his action is more of a good ground horse. I think. I think the ground on Saturday will suit him down to the ground. I, th- I think that's what he wants. I, I've read his trainers says he he'll improve a lot for being on better ground, uh, and that's certainly what it is. So he's got the course for. Um, I, I just feel. He got a bump at the crucial stage in that verse in Futurity by Aidan O'Brien Oss. And that just sort of made him lose his rhythm a bit. He didn't get the clear run. And I'm not saying he would have won the verse in Futurity, but he maybe would have finished a bit closer and maybe would have run on a bit stronger. I, I, I still think there's a bit of value in his price so far at 12 to 1. I can st- I, I can see a bit of money coming for him on, on the day. He's the flashy profile of the horse. And, and I think faster ground the better. His natural speed, I think a mile is going to be his, his peak. I think that that's, that's maybe a, that. maybe a mile in two, but they'll be pushing it. But I think he's an out and out miler. Oh, that's where I disagree with you, mate. He's bred to, he's bred to be stay further. However, I, I don't think he I don't think he will be. I don't think he looked like he he was pacey enough in the maturity. I think that's what's got that's what got him beat. I think that's what got him beat. I think he looked it entirely like a horse who'd be better over further. And also, I think maybe if he'd got a run before this, there'd be a lot more hype around him. Um, of course, there's there, there's not been. Um, but I, th- I think that's the only thing that will rule him out of being up there or thereabouts with him. I, I just think it'll be his experience because there's some battle-hardened horses at the top of top and around him like Pinatuba and Arizona that Kamiko they've all been there and done it and bought the t-shirt he's just going to lack that slight bit of experience he has to improve still quite considerably but it's a risk I'm willing to take if you're offering me 12 to 1 still about him fair enough mate uh, we touched on Kamiko well more than touched on Kamiko in our season preview uh, Liam pointed out quite rightly about Kamiko's action was very, very messy. Last time he ran on turf before he went on and won the Verton Futurity, Liam said that he thought Kamiko had the sort of profile of a horse who could run well without winning in both the Guineas and the Derby. And I don't think I could put it better myself, mate. I think almost Mad Moon 
Yeah, most certainly. You know, see him running on. Um, I don't think he were all in love with Newmarket when he ran uh, no. in the in the Royal Lodge, and I don't think he will be as much here. As well as thinking that, if you think going to Epsom, he might even struggle there on the track. Uh, it, to me, he looks like a big, flat, galloping track horse, and I don't think these two tracks will certainly be suiting Kamiko. Of course, he's got a chance. Uh, he's not looked the most straightforward of horses, but uh, O'Shea learnt from his mistakes in the Virtum Futurity, and he won really, really well. Um, he's obviously, you've mentioned, probably more of a derby type, and in time, I, I do think he will be. Um, one mile far will probably be his optimum, and he's 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 the obvious each way player behind Pinatubo, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's quite fair, mate. I like I like the two uh, other good golfing horses as well from an each way perspective. Military match and Alsa Hale, the one two from that military match I spoke about last week. Uh, like I like him for the derby as well, and it's just that sort of profile where I think he could place in a guineas before going on to be better at Epsom up in trip. You know, you've seen it be done fairly often in the past. Well, in the past 15 years, you've got Sir Percy, Australia, Massa, and New Approach all placed in the guineas before going on to win the derby. I think military match, that's well inside his remit. And Alistair Hale might be a little bit more of an out-and-out miler, in my opinion, if not a 10 furlong horse. There's not much between them, though. I, I, I quite like the both of them. And if I was to have an each-way bet against Pinatubo, I'd be with military match. Yeah, uh, I, I res- we've talked about military match at length and I respect his values and I think that he'll be more of a derby type as well I'm just going to give a quick mention he was about 80 to 1 this morning when I was writing my notes up he's now 40 he's Starcat I know this is going to take a massive step forward he's only had one start and that were at Kempton in December but he broke very well that day and uh PJ McDonald restrained him a bit and, and rode him in the midfield. Uh, he sat mid-division and he travelled very, very well. Uh, he switched slightly wide. He went through gaps that you wouldn't normally see first-time-out horses go through. And he responded very well for pressure. Um, the form of that race, the second and the third, have, have subsequently come out and won. Uh, in fact, I've got that wrong, sorry. I think the second and the fourth have come out and won. Prince of Eagles won twice. Um <laughs> It's a big step up in class, but it's interesting for Huey Morrison to pitch him in such a big race after just one start. He's got a racing post rating of 103, so he would, of course, he'd still have to progress, but with only one run, he's really, really fascinating, and he was going to be one of my horses to follow for this season that we recorded last week. Yeah, I know you are quite a big fan of Starcat. Interesting to see him in here on only the second start of his career. The Phillies Classic then on the Sunday. We'll move on. We're going to be talked at length about this on our season preview podcast. Price now nine to four, best price eleven to four, but a general nine to four across the boards with most firms quadrilateral. Love is in turn nine to two. Watson's on at twenties. Which how many weeks ago did you get that, Jim? I'd only say three or four. Can you name the firm? Coral. What were Coral playing at? She's 9-2 to two with them now. 
What's she... his move, Mark? She's gone in and in and in. She was only nine to one on Friday. I know it's mental. It's it's because De Gea has been withdrawn, hasn't she? Oh, I, I, I don't think I won't even consider it to be that. I know that probably shaves a bit of the market off, but that's some serious money. In fact, the price has contracted for quite a lot of these from Friday. You know, Quadrilateral is the same, but Love, who was second five out of general nines on Friday, is now around as short as fours. Millisle was about tens, about now around fives. And then you're looking at peaceful eights, raffle price twelves, similar for cloak of spirits, and then bigger prices for boomer. So wonderful, under the stars. Quadrilateral and love are going to be the first two, all Martin, Jim. Yeah, and it also feels slightly too obvious at this moment in time that the one thousand guineas is going to be between the front of the market. Uh, we'll start with Quadrilateral. She. She does set the standard in this, I think. She was three from three and most impressive on a recent uh, start in the grade one, Phillies mile over course and distance. She beat Powerful Breeze. Now, that performance, I've been, I've watched this race four times today to think I've changed my mind about this race about three or four times. Powerful Breeze, if written differently, would have beat Quadrilateral. And has now made Quadrilateral look like she stays further than what she actually does. Everyone now thinks that Quadrilateral in time will probably be an, running well in the Oaks and over a mile and four. However, I think the fact that she's rallied against Powerful Breeze, who's clearly not found as much under pressure as Quadrilateral has, having only raced twice before and obviously still slightly green, um, I feel has now made Quadrilateral look like a stronger stayer and better over this distance. Um, I think Powerful Breeze would have beat her that day if they were to race that race again uh, two days later, for example. Um, of course, she's got a strong chance. Dam has bred mostly milers from what I've seen. There's not been an awful lot of them. I think there's only been three or four, but she has bred mostly milers, seven furlongs out of out of them. Um, of course, we know about Frankel and, and the breeding side of that. Do I think 11 to 4 with one firm looks a very reasonable price at this moment in time? However, I think the battle hardened love seven runs, three wins, including the grade one Moy Glare. She was third behind Quadrilateral in the Phillies Mile. She's bred as if further will suit her, but I, I feel like there's going to be some serious pace on. We've mentioned Mill Isle already, Raffle Prize. They tend to go forward, but they're over shorter distances. I think they'll give a perfect lead to Love. Uh, I think they'll go off at a fair clip. Uh, again, I, I can, can't see either of them staying further than seven furlong. Uh, I think that I, I still think she's got enough speed, Love, to stay to keep up over a mile. Uh, she, I think she'll stay on strongly. O'Brien's had horses similar to Love. I, I, I've compared. I, I compare Love to Roly Poly in winter. You know, that battle hardened as a two-year-old and he still finds progression in him as a three-year-old. I, st- I still think he's going to squeeze some more out of love. And I really, really think she's got a serious, serious chance. And five to one, If you even if you're looking each way at five to one, I still think that's a decent price. You get your money back. It's fair, fair enough, in my opinion. I see it was hard to knock out of the three. Yeah, yeah. Really, very really, hard. You know... I'm almost coming round to it, but I do think I just re-watching the Phillies mile. I, I just look at it and I think where where 
at which stage does love turn this around with quadrilateral? And I, I, I don't find it. I don't find it, mate. No. Especially because quadrilateral looks. It takes her a while to go. Like she, she does really, really well doing that. Now, does she? I, I think it's enhanced by the fact that Powerful Breeze doesn't find as much under pressure. And even when she does uh, quadrilateral eyeballs, Powerful Breeze, she then rallies slightly again, but it's too late then. I'm not 100%. She look, I, I, I think coming inside the final two, you look at the way quadrilateral's moving and you think she's she's going to end up going backwards rather than forwards. So I was impressed that actually she she started to pick up because she was off the bridle a fair way out and she just wasn't... I don't know whether it was inexperienced or just that's the sort of horse she is and that a mile is on the bottom end of her spectrum and she'll end up being better over middle distances. I don't know, mate. I I, I, I think she's the right fav. And yeah, so do I. Don't get me wrong, I, I yeah. think she deserves to be favourite, but I think she's there to be beaten. I can see that. I can see that because she wasn't... She won, and I think I can mark up her, reason, her reasons to... Uh, I can mark up the way she won in the Phillies mile, but just... Yeah. There were things about it that you could look at and say, I didn't like that. Yeah. And I understand, and with a horse as a straightforward... And as solid as love, if any flaws in quadrilateral's game are enhanced at Newmarket this Sunday, or you know they end up leading to things not quite going quite right for her, you've got a horse that's perfectly poised to take advantage. Uh, I do see the races between the two of them. Millisle, I think we'll end up back over six furlongs after this. Same with Raffle Price. Peaceful's fairly smart. Uh, Runner up to Bourne with pride, wasn't she in the Montreal Stakes? But again, I don't think she's she's not shown anything near her stable mate Love, and I'm struggling to make a case or anything at bigger prices. I like Boomer last year, uh, but probably a bit to find really with the top ones in this. Just focus spirits, not tickle your fancy. Uh, not particularly, she was in, mate. She was impressive on debut. Uh, um, she's raced far too keenly in the May Hill, just failed, failed to quicken. Uh, she's done the same again behind De Gea uh, the next time at Newmarket in the Rockfell. I, I, I don't think she's... I think she's got ability. It's just if she's learned to settle a lot better. Richard Hannon's said in recent weeks she's grown up a lot and she still could improve that little bit more. If she has grown up a bit and let her head settle instead of being far too keen, I think she'll finish her race out very strongly. I don't think she's one to write out of it at this moment in time. She's as short as eights in places, which That's I think is a ridiculous price. But 14s is is around the price where I'd have her. Um, I don't think she's given a pro- promise. I, I, I do think there's still a bit of potential. But, but, but I don't think she'll be that near to the front two at the head of the market. No, me neither, mate. So it's it's, it's tentatively quadrilateral for me, but I can completely see the why you'd prefer love and 
maybe as a betting strategy, love each way at fives might end up being the way to go. But Jimmy's confident that love's going to win. And I don't know why you didn't tell me. You got uh, for that 20 to 1, so I could have steamed in with you as well there, mate, because that's a brilliant bet. Cheers. Well, I've got it with Kim Ross and uh, highest grounds in the derby and Bournemouth Pride to win the Oaks. Now, after today, that's not looking too good, is it? I can see Bournemouth Pride improving back on turf for that. We don't know what sort of Oaks we're going to get, to be fair, mate. It might be absolutely crap. Because there's not many of these that I see going up in trip after this. Yeah, most definitely. Interesting. Interesting. As we move away from the group ones and we go on to the undercard here at Newmarket. We'll also touch on some of the stuff at Newcastle over the weekend. And we'll start with the first group three of the weekend. It's the Abernant Stakes at Newbury and Brando is the favourite there. General best price of I'll pause it, sorry Jim. It went it went on William Hill, sorry. Rather than best price. Sorry, do you want me to start again from a best price? Yeah, do whatever you want. Sorry, mate. It's Sorry. Right. I switched racing post and when I switched over it went back straight on William Hill rather than best odds. I shouldn't no really say best price because it holds me to them. Uh, right, I'll start again. Three, two, one. 11 to 8, Brando to get his third win in the race. Oxford, 11 to 4. 5 to 1, Keystroke. 15 to 2, Emiratiana. 9 to Mr. Lupton. 14s, breathtaking look. And 28 to 1, Green Power. James Watson, this is the bet of the weekend. And we are in agreement for once in our lives. Uh, Brando, uh, 11 to 8. Get steaming into it now because I think that, that price won't last long. Um, he was close third in this race behind Keystroke last year when bidding to get the hat trick in this race. Um, he was, he was, would you say he was disappointing last season? No, no, no. I, I, I'm slightly disappointed in some, some races I've put, uh, I've wrote it down. It was disappointing in the Abernon, yeah. But he ran well, you know, he was runner-up in the pre-moister geese by a neck, held his form then in the Sprint Cup, and he held his form in the Champion Sprint. His he wasn't beaten far the in the next, July Cup, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, his season ended better than he started. Yeah. But on the whole, decent campaign. Yeah. Decent campaign. Um, I, I think that... He goes well, very fresh. Um, so this is his seasonal reappearance. Um, I, I, I've been trying to find ways to try and get him beat this afternoon. And so far, I have found absolutely none. Uh, I, I just think he's a, he's got a really, really good chance in this. Um, the stable also runs Emma Ratiana, uh, who won the gym crack as a two-year-old. Uh, won on his last start at the end of his three-year-old career after being slightly disappointing. Uh, I mean, Amy Ryan on Racing TV today was pitching the fact that he's thrived over the winter. He's 
pleasing and looking looking forward and, and really good. She really can't wait to see him run. Progressed, he's progressed very well to Philly's frame because uh, he didn't exactly do that last season, she was saying. And the only reason I can think she was saying that was to try and boost the price on Brando <laughs> because Emiratiana has gone from 16s to 9s and Brando is... I swear she was trying to get a bit of two to one about Brando. Just putting a bit of doubt in people's minds, going, "Go on, have a bit of money on MRRs." I can't see, I can't see the stable companions getting anywhere near to each other. I think Brando's streets, streets ahead. Um, Oxted, the second favourite, he landed the Portland last year on his final start as a three-year-old. Uh, he's an up-and-comer in this. Kieran Fallon retains the ride. Uh, he won that race off 105. Uh, he's had seven starts and two wins, so he's still lightly raced. That race was on good to soft ground. Uh, firm ground, sorry, I've got that completely wrong. Uh, his sixth, which was arguably his worst run, was on good to soft ground. His, his best run, which was the Portland, was on good to firm ground. Uh, he's the pace angle in this race. If Kieran Fallon gets the fa- fractions right up front, he could steal this race because I don't really see a lot more going with him up front. He'll have to improve seven pounds, but I wouldn't rule that out. However, Brando is the far superior, superior classier animal in this. Uh, they have to carry the same weight, which is mental. I, I, I think Brando will just win this, simple as. But I, I think Oxted will give him a race. It's just, just depending on the pace that they go. Yeah, I'm very, very similar to that, mate. I just think there's, there's one horse who has been able to hold his form consistently in group ones. The second five won the Portland handicap last time out. You know, it's... Don't get me wrong, Oxted's a good horse, but I'd, be, I'd just be surprised if he was up to that level. And I don't see anything as bigger doing doing it. Keith Stroke won this race at a huge price last year, but as you put it to me before the podcast, Jim, you said Keith Stroke has been dog shit since. Uh, and you can't really disagree with that. I know he, he was all... I mean, he ran reasonably well behind Kate Byron at Ascot midway through last season, but his abonnant was a clear career best that day, and he's not really held that level since... Uh, Jim thinks Amy Ryan's a massive huge liar uh, <laughs> that's not what I've said no I, I think that's what feel, I, d- I just feel like she was just giving people the nudge to just tell them that Emiratiana's doing well at home to think yeah we'll just have a bit of money on Emiratiana at a price so then Brando's price will drift I'm, I'm just saying there's a bit of jiggery pokery going on I'm not saying that She's a liar because I, I could end up with egg on my face with Emirati and a hosing up here. However, I, I think Brando is still a decent price. And if he continues to come for Emirati and I think people will jump on the bandwagon and Brando's price will largen. And I, 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 it's a fascinating race because I've, I've looked at every way to try and get Brando a beat and I I've, couldn't see one. Um, my only slight, slight doubt is the pace in the race, but Brando's travelled up with the pace before, so I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, Mr Lupton, he needs a strong pace to come off. Uh, he's a Grade Two and a listed winner. Uh, he's course and distance. I just think he might need 
need need something to go on a bit quicker for him to uh, scythe through the field like he usually does. I do think Brando yeah. wins, and I think Brando's the best price of the weekend at eleven to eight. But God, it would give me a lot of pleasure if ever right, I had a run this now, mate. I think I will be kissing myself for months. It won't be the first time I've got something that wrong. I know, I love it. Do you know what? I I, I understand where you come from. Did he run in the Guineas last season? Have I remembered that uh, right? Emirati? Yeah. Yeah, finished 18th of 19. Strong new market form there, then. <laughs> Strong form at the meeting. He raced on his own, didn't he, towards the far side, if I remember rightly. You know, because they split up into three groups, didn't they, yeah. last year? I think he raced on his own on the far side. Put a line through it. Put a line through it. Yeah, he did win at Salisbury last time out. And he, as Jim said, winner of the Jim Crackers, a two-year-old. But known form, Brando's just better than this lot. And I'm surprised he's not odds on. He's a, Even though I've, I've been doing talking on Twitter recently, obviously, about uh, Pinatubo being probably a little bit bigger than I'd have expected. Brando definitely is bigger than I'd have expected. I'd have been pricing him up even money. Yeah. I'd have even had him odds against. Ooh, big shout. So is he the better of the weekend for us both? Um he will be in my rating the races fancies later on. He will be in mine as well, mate. So we go in on that. We go in together as a team for once. Uh we'll move away briefly from Newmarket, Jim, and go up to Newcastle for the Cigaro, the group three up there, over two miles, trial for the Gold Cup. They bet 9-2 Ispolini, 11-2 Royal Line, 6 as with Hold, 7 Prince of Aaron, and your old mate Nayef Road, 15-2 Mildenberger, 11s bar them. King's advice is in this at 33s, who was a bit of a legend last season. Uh Interesting race for the stayers this, Jim. Speaking of German horses with German form for the Applebees, Ispolini won the German ledger last time out. Yeah. Um, he was fourth shot of various previous as well in the Lonsdale Cup and second to Cross County in Dubai. Also a great two winner in Dubai. Um, I mean, I th- think this is a fascinating race. There's... There's three horses. Go on, I took four in. That I think I've got a really, really good chance. And I don't, I don't. Ispolini isn't in that four. Uh, and I know that's pretty mental. Um, my shortlist for this race ended up being Withhold, Mildenberger, Prince Aaron, and Nairf Road. Um, technician was on there, but uh, he's sadly not running in this. Uh, we'll start with I'll link with Holden Prince of Aaron in together. Uh, with Hold won the Cesarowicz and the Northumberland Plate back in 2017 and 2018. Uh, and on that Northumberland Plate, he beat Prince of Aaron that day, uh, who's close in behind in second. Um, He's a globe-trotting superstar for Charlie Fellows. He was second in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, he's one start on the all-weather at uh, in the Northumberland plate over the same course. Um, obviously, it chucks him in with a chance. 
Uh, he was about eight to one this morning. He's been backed into fives. I think that'll be because Charlie Fellows had a winner today at Yarmouth. And I think now that the stable are running fairly well, I think his price has just been nibbled in uh, a bit. With holds, got Richard Kingsgate booked up. Um, he's still interesting, I think. He's only had 16 starts. He's a seven-year-old. He's... <laughs> I mean, he won three big handicaps. He, as I've mentioned, the Cesaro, it's Northumberland player, and he won the, the newly Marsh Cup, which is for a fair amount of money. They're three big staying handicaps. And he was 13th in the E-Bar. He was fifth on Champions Day behind Kew Gardens and Stradivarius. He's a horse that I think people wildly underestimate. Um, he obviously missed the Melbourne Cup because he was injured. Um uh, I think he's got a big chance back in this, back on the torpedo. Uh, and I think five to one, the sevens in places with people, with my good friends at Coral, they're feeling very generous. Um, I think he's a he's a bit of a bet at seven to one each way. I see that. I can see that there, mate. It is interesting that I don't think there's very much, as you've said, between a lot of these. Yeah. The, I mean, the form of the the form of the British Champions Day race, where Royal Lion was third and with Hold was fifth, is probably the best recent form on offer. But these bits and pieces, like like you mentioned earlier with Mildenberger, he's running the Yorkshire Cup last season, puts him bang there. Yeah, and Franny Norton spoke to Jason Weaver today. Uh, after he winning one of the many races that uh, Mr Johnson has won over the last couple of days. And he said uh, he's he's a very progressive horse and he absolutely adores his horse, he said. Um, he says he's got a very, very good chance. He says he's been ridden t- prominently in most of his starts. When he was third at uh, Kempton, he said the reason why he lost is be- because he needs a lead. And previous to that, he hasn't, although he has previously led in, in, in other races and won, he says he's a, he's a lot better if someone takes him into the race. He says he doesn't exactly find a lot. He needs someone to have a rally with him uh, up, a, up a nice galloping straight. And he was full of confidence with him. Uh, Mark Johnson's horses are running at a 25% strike rate uh, since racing's resumed. 20 runners and five winners. That's superb. Um he always hits the ground running as soon as the two-year-olds are ready to be running. And I, I think Mildenberger and with Hold a two that I think will be there. Or there. I think they'll be the they might play both of them in this race. I think with Hold would probably be the one for me. Yeah. I do just really, really solid and likable. You know, I like horse who wins handicaps on the flat off big weights. And he was far from disgraced at his first try. You know, in a proper, proper championship staying event. I know Royal Line finished ahead of him, but Royal Line flopped really badly. The time after that in a race, young by a young rascal, he went off odds on and came home fifth of sixth. And I'm... Look, it, it was a long time ago now, you know, he's been, you know, over half the year, really, since since we've seen any of these. But I think I'd just be inclined to trust withhold a little bit more, more now at the minute to run to... The sort, sort of level capable of winning this and I would be a Royal Line, but I think those would be the two I'd be going for. 
with a fractional preference for withhold. Yeah, I, I perfectly see the reason why. Um, I think it's a fascinating race. Took all right sunshine in there for Keith Dalgleish, who's progressing slowly through these races. I think he, I think it's a fascinating race. Um, and, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm probably looking forward to it more than the worst because all these races that we're going to be previewing, I'm really excited for. But I, I think there's a lot of runners in this that go into that race with a big chance. Yeah. Fascinating contest. A lot of horses who really are only within about two or three pounds of each other at their best. Hope they all turn up and hope we all get a proper treat. It really is like like we were talking about on the season preview, if I'm going to bash back to that. But when we were talking about, the say, staying Kew Garden and Stradivarius, in mine and Liam's opinion, were still clearly, you know, well ahead of everything else in this division. This is almost like a Europa League <laughs> yeah. Type fixture. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that's not disrespecting the runners in this race, but this is like this is a solid group three, I'd say. Yeah. And it's a proper group three. They're all good group three horses. We're all capable of winning group three races. And that's what we like. Up the group threes. As we move on to another, at the other end of the distance spectrum, it's the five furlong palace house stakes. I always love this race. I, tend, I think I've had a decent record in it as well, but it tends to be won by quite a good one. If you were at group threes, and I'm, I don't have no proof for this. I'm sure someone could prove it if they could be asked. Uh, I don't have the time of day to do this, to be fair. I bet if you were to have a look at like official ratings of a, of a group three over the past 10 years, I bet this one would I ever have a hell of a lot of higher than average rated winners or horses who were rated higher than a usual group three winner at the end of the season if you know what I mean yeah like tangerine trees profitable that sort of horse who've, who've been going and winning this yeah tends to be won by a good one this year best odds five to one joint fast judicial and mosquil 11 to two major jumbo seven to one far above and shades of blue tens are eleven Queen's Gift, 12's Harim Queen, and then 14's Bar Them. Jim, two joint favs there, Moskill and Judicial. Are you keenest on either of them? Uh, I'm probably keenest on Moskill, uh, if I'm being honest. James Bethel trained horse. Uh, he's been consistent in handicaps throughout his career. Uh, he's lightly raced for, uh, for his age. Uh, with only the 11 starts. Normally you see these sprint handicappers campaigned vigorously throughout the season. Uh, I think he's intriguing stepping up into this class. Uh, I think he got the ability to. Uh, he's a northern trainer, James Bethel. He doesn't often send that many to Newmarket unless he's got a good one. And, and he's interesting jockey booking in James Doyle. Um, I, I think he's probably where I'm going to be landing at this moment in time. Uh, he, he runs well in, uh, in all sorts of conditions. He's got more wins to his name on soft ground uh, than good to firm, but he's finished second and uh, placed on good, good to form, good to firm ground previously. I, I think he's got a really, really good chance, uh, good chance in this. I quite like him to uh, progress into Group Threes because I, I think he's got the ability to, and he, he's been, he, he's 
deserved because he, he's worked his way through handicaps. Uh, and I think 11 to 2 is still a decent price about him. And 6 to 1 in one place, I think each way value is decent. I think I'd be the other joint fab. You'd be more tried and tested with judicial. Exactly. I think I'd probably side with the experienced veteran than the one with the potential at this stage. If I'm honest, I, I know I've just bigged up the Palace House. It's probably not the best renewal this season. You know, last year we got Fab's Cross winning it. You know, and you know who went off a stupidly prized favourite for it, Jim? Uh, Sir Guy Prokofiev, because I think I was part yeah. of that bandwagon. Oh, mate. <laughs> there has never been a horse that I've not disliked more. But I've, every single time Sir Guy Prokofiev ran, I, was, I never understood why he was so well supported. It was almost as if the horse everyone else saw, Sergei Prokofiev, was a completely different one to the one I thought he was. And I, I couldn't, I was absolutely baffled and I was doing handstands when he got beat last season because uh, I'm bitter. Uh, but judicial, you know, group three winner in the past, all right, he's probably not quite as good as he once was. I don't think this will take loads of winning though. Won the Beverly Bullet last season, so his form's still at a you know a decent enough level. Ran all right in the uh, King George Stakes at Batash one. I'm I'm not as excited about this race as I normally am because you know Major Jumbo is a horse I've got all the time in the world for, and he's rapid and he's probably capable of winning a weaker listed race isn't a far off challenging for favouritism and he was down the field in the air goal cup last time you know so that that's kind of why I'm rather than speculate that there might be a horse good enough to step up from being around you know 100 rated I'll go for the one who has solid 105 plus form for me and that's judicial yeah I guess uh, he's a strong strong standard setter isn't he yeah yeah, and, and, and that's all it might take in this. I know, you know, there are some young, less exposed four-year-olds, John Dancers, Harim Queens, looking for a hat-trick. Uh, and far above, winner of three of his starts, including last time out uh, in a listed race in, in France for James Tate. What do you make of him, mate? He's quite hard to get a grasp on. Yeah, he's really unexposed. As you mentioned, six furlong listed uh, listed winner. Um, I think the step down to five will certainly suit him. He, he races very positively. Uh, I, I don't think it's a negative. I think he's got plenty of speed. He is very interesting. I think he will need to step up though to be to be in this category. He'll have to find ten pound from his three to four year old career. Um, he's unexposed, but that's that's the only thing. You could bring into it. I'll just bring another horse into the equation. You know, I quite like for this race. Shades of blue. Oh, oh. Oh. It's a different what, one to me. What, what were you going to say? Uh, in terms of just being absolutely rapid, taboo. <laughs> no, shade of blue. Uh, listed winner and uh, placed and ran consistently in group threes and listed con- con- contests throughout her career. Um, did I? Yeah, I'm, I'm just checking. She were. I was pretty sure she were a filly. Uh, she gets the filly's allowance in this. 
caught a line through her Abbey run. I watched that back this morning. She was slow away, never really travelling. But if you go back, she's she's ultra consistent. She's been second uh, behind Glass Slippers, uh, who went on to win the Abbey. She was second at Pontefract. Maybe she should have been winning that race. It was slightly easier. Um, you've got to deliver her perfectly on the line. She's got very strong five furlong form. Um, I think the better the ground, the the better the, she runs, to be honest, because the only time she's run on soft was when she got beat in the Abbey. All of it, she was slow away and didn't exactly get into the race. Um, however, I still think she's interesting with only nine starts under her belt. I, I won't quite rule her out just yet. I think eight to one could be a decent price. Yeah, I... I'd... I understand that completely, mate. I understand that completely. A question of gameness. No, not at all. And you can. It's a sort of race where it might be looking for that sort of angle. Yeah. Because I think I I think whilst Judicial's a yardstick, I can see that he's a yardstick that people could improve past. But I don't. I'm not confident enough to pin my colours to a mast of one of the more unexposed four-year-olds. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Can I see which one? Can I see a judicial being improved past? Yes. Am I confident which horse that will be? No. And is therefore judicial the standard set? Yes. So that's kind of why it is. Jim, if, if I was to ask you how old's ornate, what would you have guessed at? Uh, six. No, he's seven. I had oh. it in my head for about nine. He does feel like he's been around for years. Oh, mate. He has been around for years, sure. I can't believe he's seven. I found out Sherlock was only 25 this week, and that, you know, it took me a few days to recover from that. Yeah. That's mad. 25. She's four years older than me. Yeah, that's mad. Like, she was making music when I was at primary school. That's that's not right. That ain't right. And it's not right that Ornate's seven and not about nine or ten. I had it in my head. They've both taken me back. Uh, Has he had any, any other anthems, Sherlock? Swagger no. Jagger. Ah, was absolute banger, mate, back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> I'd tentatively side with judicial here, mate. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm expecting Moss Gill and Shades of Blue to possibly progress past judicial in time. So I, I'll... I'll my final selection will probably be Moss Gill. I can see it, mate. I can see it completely. I guess I guess the form of Shades of Blue, not a, not the run in the Abbey, but the run before that at Longchamp, he's as not far off. I mean, he's probably as good as any anything any of these have done recently. So I completely completely see the case there, mate, for the Clive Cox horse. As we move away from the Palace House onto the next, which is the Group Two, uh, so yeah, Daily Stakes, uh, Terabellum. Heads are betting seven to four for John Gosden, five to two Magic Lily, seven to two Queen Power, then fourteens Queen uh, Sweet Promise, sixteens. Bar them, not the most competitive of affairs on paper this, and quite a strong favourite in Terabellum. Good Olfin have the top two. Yeah. I, I think this Terrabellum's a good thing. Like I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to hold back how uh, 
how much I like this Terry Bellum. Two wins, four starts, grade two winner. She was fifth in the pre-opera on Arc weekend. She travelled strongly coming into the bend. She looked the winner, in my opinion, for, with a furlong to go, and she was swamped late. The pace didn't hold up, but she carried on galloping to the line. Um, I think she's got a massive chance. I'd, 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 I'd even chuck her. She, she's in Brando territory for she's seven to four six to four around that price i think that's a very very good price i'll see it i'll probably end up seeing her at even money um i think she will take all the beating um as much as i respect magic lily in this fanny logan was also entered but they've they've taken her out and i think we might mention her briefly later um magic lily was third in the phillies mile uh, as a two-year-old she then missed the whole of a three-year-old campaign was Disappointing slightly at four. Um, no, sorry. This, yeah, disappointing. Um, she's had. Uh, she's been running well in Maidan. She's had two wins and and was good second to Barney Rice. She was stuck on the rail that day behind Barney Rice. She ran on well to. He he got a clear run on the outside, but she had to zigzag through horses. Um, I think stepping her back. Uh, back to one mile two will certainly suit from a mile and she will run in, in a mile and one she has a three pound penalty in this for a weight for age however I think Terabellum is capable of more they're on the same mark I think uh, uh, Terabellum has, has still got a lot of room to uh, get a lot better than Magic Lily and, and I think she's a fully going places uh, and I, she missed a two year old career but she had a very good three year old uh, and I think it will be an even better four-year-old campaign. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how how horse like Gaff goes for Charlie Appleby on Friday with regards to Magic Lily's his string that were out in Dubai earlier in the season. Because I guess we saw, and it does happen, you know, that sometimes they don't always replicate the form. And they show in Dubai once back in Britain, old Persian. Prime example of that from last season. I mean, Magic Lily's Dubai form. She won two Group Twos. I think. I think Jim, that's a Group Two penalty rather than a wait for is age. It, is it? Sorry. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd assume that was why. Well, it will be because there's another five-year-old in there, yes. not carrying, uh, carrying the ninth stone. So, uh, and on a form line through Spotify was um, beaten by Gaff Dream Castle as well. It was a proper yardstick over, over in the Emirates. She's probably the one with the with the best recent form, but again, like you said, you've made your case for Terra Bellum and what she did in the Prix de l'Opera would normally be good enough for this. One of the good Dolphin horses win, though, don't they? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Queen Power's solid enough. She was two from five, listed winner on a third start, fourth in the Ribblesdale. I expected bigger things from her after that listed win, if I'm being honest. I, th- I thought she'd Go close in the Ribblesdale. Um, she pulled far too hard at Ascot. And if she settles slightly better this year, I, I, I think that that could be the key to her. Um, I think one mile four also will suit. She, I'm not saying she looked one pace, but I, I think she's, I think if one mile four could be a bit more up her street this season. Uh, this is a very, very good race, I think. I think the top two are good, solid group two horses. Queen Power needs to improve again, but we've seen Michael start improve four-year-old Phillies no end in recent years. Um, so you couldn't rule her out, but 
I, I do think Terrabellum as it will kick on again this season from what already I thought was a pretty good year last year. That's very fair, mate. Interesting little race, that. Yeah. Uh, the daily stakes. Queen Power's interesting as well because, he went, like you said, they went up to 12 furlongs with her last season. And she ran against the boys in the Winter Hill Stakes. And, look, she, it, it's hard to say whether it was a good run. She was beaten fav. And you're looking and you're thinking... If they think she's good enough, like it was Accidental Agent and Matterhorn were in that. I can't remember who won. Desert Encounter. Sorry? Desert Encounter. Desert Encounter won. So you're looking at that sort of form and you're thinking, how well does a fourth against that lot correlate to this lot? If there's one overpriced, it probably would be her. But, again, there's nothing I'm particularly... I know you're mad keen on Terrabellum. I'd probably fractionally side with Magic Lily, but it would not be with the confidence you have behind Terrabellum, if you get me. Yeah. I'm doing quite a lot of fenciness at the minute, aren't I? Apart from who just wins. <laughs> well, it's, it's, do you know what, mate? It's, it's, uh, I think it's a very, very sensible thing to be doing at the minute, is being fancy. So do I. For three months. Yeah, it's my ridiculous boldness that gets me in so many problems. Uh, <laughs> and saying sea of class will dominate the field. Look what happened today. Um, it's probably better just sitting on the fence for the first couple of months and seeing what happens before any of my ridiculous bold statements come out. Although uh, bold statements about love have already appeared. So <laughs> welcome back, flat season. Well, the, the thing is, mate, I understand the boldness there because... The way I'd play it would be almost remarkable confidence. I can see, I can understand why you'd go in if you are remarkably confident. But like I am about this race and as how I am about the Coronation Cup, I'd be so happy just to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even if I was a, a man who gambled more than I did, I still think that'd be my strategy with races. Unless there was something where I looked at and I thought, yep. You know, I'd, I'd almost be wanting an extra star, it, you know, in terms of something being a five-star nap, I'd be wanting it to be a six-star nap. Yeah. You know, at this time of year, in, in, would, would be my strategy. Good good race, but not one I'd, I'd be keenest to get involved in. Uh, we're not going to discuss in depth the new market stakes, uh, but Vald Konig's in there. Well fancied for the derby. His favourite for that. And on paper, he should win it, Jim. Yeah, um, devastating on debut. Uh, I, I think he'll do the same. He got a brief mention in, in the previous episode. He's a good horse. He should win that. End of. Before we go to Newmarket then on the Sunday, we'll head up to Jim's local track, Haydock, where the Brigadier Gerard's being ran. Good renewal this season as well. Uh, some are jocked up, some aren't as well. The decks will be out tomorrow. But at the minute, 100 to 30 for El Arkan, 9 to 2 Lord North, 5 to 1 King of Comedy, he isn't jocked, 15 to 2 Bangkok, Telecaster in here at 8, uh, so is Terrabellum. Assume neither of them are running by the price, Terrabellum's jocked up elsewhere. Surely Telecaster would be sorted if it was shorter, if it was confirmed he was running. And then 14 to 1, and bigger the remainder, including King Ottokar, who is jocked up under Kieran Schumacher. Jim, this is a good race, this, and 
El Arkham probably didn't end the season as well as people might have expected him to, but he's a very, very solid group two horse. His form in York in the Judmont as well means he's the one to beat here. Yeah, most definitely. He certainly sets the standard. Uh, he was fourth in Derby in 2018. Uh, he was slightly disappointing after that, would you say, in his three-year-old career? Um, he was a yeah. group three winner at, at, at two, and you'd have hoped that he'd kicked on a bit more then. Um, he, and he was a two-time listed winner and a group two winner at four, including a, a very unlucky third, I thought, in the Judmont. Just never got the split when he when things went his way. Um, and then, obviously, put a line through his Leopardstown run. He obviously wasn't himself. Um, he runs very well at, at York. Um, however, this is at Haydock, so who knows? Um, he's never run there before, but he, he has to bring solid chance coming into this. Uh, I see 72 around about him with certain bookmakers. I think that's a very, very generous price because he'll probably be 5-2 to two on the day. Um, and I think he'll be very difficult to beat in this. Um, there's a lot of nice horses progressing in this. Lord North, for example, he's very lightly raced. Only seven starts, four wins. He won a listed race at the, towards the end of last season on uh, heavy ground. He was the winner of the Cambridgeshire impressively and second in the Balmoral. Uh, he's been brought along through the handicaps into the, this level now. Better ground, I think, will suit him. Uh, he has good form on, on good to firm ground. Uh, he's an interesting angle into this. However, he does need to step up a fair whack uh, to be getting near El Arkham. I think needs to improve at least £10. Uh, I think the handicap has been slightly over generous by giving him a mark of 1 1 2. I think about 110 would probably be about fair enough for him. That's very reasonable, mate. Well, is it? Because he was clearly, like, when he was running last season, back end of last season, Jim, was Lord North just clearly a prime example of group horse in a handicap? Yeah, yeah he was. So, uh, surely, his mark's fair that he can't run in handicaps anymore. He's, he won a list of yeah. last time. He's got to be yeah. up to this level. Yeah, he's, he's The got, way he was progressing. Yeah, you, you, I agree. What I've said is a lot of rubbish. <laughs> yeah, I I really like him. I think he's a sort. If if it wasn't if it wasn't such a good division, I'd almost be considering him as a sort that could be popping up and winning Group Ones this year. You know what I mean? But I see yeah. him as a ten long horse now. Yeah. And I think if if the weakness of the milers were there, you know, if it was some sort of 10 furlong edition of Mustachery he was having to get beat. I'd be thinking, I could see Lord North pick up grade, what, you know, group ones this season. I've done it myself there, haven't I? Bloody grade. Uh, but, Elakam is he's good. You know, third in a Judmont behind Crystal Ocean and Japan. That he's is so good. solid. Yeah. That is so yeah. solid. And even the horses further down, you know, the betting. It's a fairly decent race. And if King of Comedy turns up, you know, runner-up in the St. James's Palace, he was fourth in the Judmont. And again, probably didn't finish the season as well as you'd have liked. But he's definitely up to winning something like this. Yeah, you'd certainly say so. And 
even Bangkok to a certain extent took him in this. He's been consistent in the graded contest and he was Group 3 winner, second in the King Edward at Royal Ascot, winter derby trial winner. He was just done by a Frankie Dittori masterclass in the winter derby, wasn't he? More he's needed in this. Uh, however, he's ultra consistent around this grade. Uh, it's a really, really rock solid race. Fairly looking forward to it. Yeah, it is. I, I like the look of this as well. Are we both with Elder Cam at the minute? Yeah, I, I still think M2 is a decent price. There's also the pinnacle stakes at Haydock, Jim. Is there anything you want to mention in that? Um, let me just have a look. You mentioned Fanny Logan. This is where she is, mate. Oh, oh yes. Um, I think Fanny Logan's certainly interested in this. Um, she progressed nicely through listed racing grade threes last year. She was fourth in the grade one at Santa Anita. I don't think the track was necessarily in her favour that day. Uh, I also think she wants a bit of cut in the ground. She takes a bit of rallying along. Um, I, I think certainly a haydock will have watered or some bit of water in the ground. Nice big galloping track with a nice long running. If Rab Avlin can get her going on the outside, I think she'll have a very, very big chance. And is it a horse that you like in this as well, Lewis? Aloe Vera? Yeah, I'm very keen on Aloe Vera. I'm glad she's still in training. I was considering putting her up as my host to follow this season, but I didn't know where she was because she wasn't. She hadn't been out for a year and she'd only had two career starts. I wasn't sure whether something had gone wrong or, you know, and she'd had to be retired to the breeding sheds or something along those lines. But no, she's in here, unbeaten, four-year-old filly for a, a Rafe Beckett. She won the height of fashion last season. Last time we saw her, it's over a year ago now. But that was such that was quite a strong race for the grade, and there's quite a lot of decent fillies in behind whose whose form tied in with each other. That general group of listed Group Three fillies last season, I think on the whole, there were there were quite a few decent enough types for that level. If if you know what I mean, I like the likes of Love So Deep, who was beaten in the height of fashion, went on to be placed at Group 2, in Group 2 company over in France. You know, and the form lines there, that tie-in with the sort of Lavender's Blue type horses, Feliciana de Vega, that sort of animal. I like all them. And Aloe Vera was just really impressive when she won the height of fashion, you know, on only a second start was pulling clear at the line. I'm glad she's back out, and if she's anywhere near that level, she's the one they have to beat in this, in my opinion, pal. Wow. Big statement. I think she's a really good filler. Yeah. I think she's good, but I think Fanny Logan could still progress a bit more this season. I'll just give a quick mention to Vivian. Uh, she progressed through handicaps and was second in the listed race at, at York behind uh, Search for a Song which I, I, that, that's good form. Um, she's a chance, I thought, if, if Fanny Logan didn't turn up and Manuela de Vega. Um, however, I still don't rule out her chances. I think if she's progressed anything, she was going the right way towards the end of last season. Uh, and she'd be interested in this. Uh, Manuela de Vega, I've been slightly disappointed with. She entered elsewhere as well. Uh, after yeah, finishing fourth in the Oaks. Yeah, yeah. Fourth in the Yorks and, and, and fifth in the Irish Yorks. I, I were expecting a bit more from her, and she never really showed it. Um, so, but 
I, I think Fanny Logan at five to two is decent price, and I, I respect Oliveira at sixes. Uh, before we go, Jim, is there anything else you'd like to mention on the Sunday? There are a couple of things I'd like to speak. I'd like to bring up. So I'll I'll stick you with them. We got the two other listed races, obviously the Buckham Stakes and the Pretty Polly. And surely one of the bets of the weekend comes in the Buckhound Stakes, which is as good a listed race as you'll ever see, really. And that has to be Communique at four to one. Communique is running in a listed race at Newmarket, and he's four to one. Yeah, I'm Ryan Moore's booked on. Yeah, <laughs> four out of four at Newmarket. Look, he won good. first time the handicap at the July course. And look, I know this is a rolling mile. Beat Zaki there. Zaki went on to be a you know dual Group Three winner last season. Then he went and won the listed Godolphin Stakes back in the 2018. Beat who Again, he's a proper good listed yardstick over the rolling mile. Then he beat Defoe in the Jockey Club Stakes last season. You know, that's really what this race normally is. They've just stolen it from Ascot this year and it's listed instead of a Group 2. And then he won at the July meeting in the Princess of Wales where he beat Mirage Dancer. Four out of four at Newmarket. He's four to one to an enlisted company. He's not carrying a penalty. Mate, one of the bets of the weekend. Yeah, there the seems to be a, far, a few of this weekend that are far too obvious, don't they? I hope so. I hope, I hope well, I hope not. But, yeah, are, are we just being given a bit of a gift there? Mark Johnson as well, like you've said, come out flying. I, don't, I guess maybe why he is, he is fours is because... There are quite a lot of nice four-year-olds coming out of handicap company into black type. First in lines of horse I have a lot of time for, as is true, Shan. And they're both in this, and they're the sort of horse that I'd be, that in general I'd be looking to be with early doors this season. And it's irritating me that they're up against Communique and, you know, are not, are not in a race like where Gayaf is, where I'd be looking I'd be looking for an alternative, you know, but I do think Communique surely wins this. Yeah, it's a good bet at four to one. Yeah, I agree. Good price. Good, good listed race at the Arco. As I've said, also first in line on Trushan. There's also the likes of Secret Advisor, Faylak, Manuela de Vega, Dashing Willoughby all jocked up as well. That'll be a good race of the grade. And more interestingly, the other listed race on the card is a pretty poly stakes where Domino Darling, Adam Webb's entry into the Turf Talk 12 is entered for William Haggis we hope we see her there and we hope she wins again Haggis horses are not running well uh, it's, it's, it's a very very small sample size at the minute though mate maybe mm. after a week I think it'd be I think it'd be reasonable to say but I wouldn't be I, I guess train of form going well already is 100% a good thing train of form going not really going as well as you'd like at this stage I wouldn't be hugely worried by either though given that the sample size is three days worth if you were to maybe look at you know every trainer surely has three days where things don't go to plan if it's the same in two weeks, you know, or even 10 days, or even by Sunday, 
yeah, completely. At this stage, though, I'm willing to overlook it. Yeah. Personally. Yourself, mate, other things to mention across the weekend? Um, I like Lord of the Lodge if he turns up in the Spring Trophy. Uh, I think he's very interesting. He's around 9-1. to one. He's a three-year-old. Uh, he won at Newcastle uh, fairly early this season in a fast-track qualifier. Uh, over six once again uh, and he has good form from last season he was second behind threat in the gym crack uh, he won at Haydock so he's uh, in a novice race won very impressively over uh, over the course and I, I feel like he, if he's jocked up and goes this way I think he's interesting against the big boys uh, he obviously gets the weight allowance against them um, I think he's interested in this sort of race he's a horse I like uh, you mentioned Domino Darling already in the Pretty Polly. And uh, the last horse I will mention is running on Friday at Newmarket in uh, One Mile Four Handicap. Uh, he's called Edinburgh Castle for Andrew Balding. Sylvester D'Souza's booked up. Uh, he's up to a mile and four. Uh, his dam's had two mile horses. He's likely race. He's only had three starts, a second, a first and a third. He's big galloping sort. I think definitely think the step up in trip will suit. And I just feel like there's a bit of a juice in his market. 82. I think he could progress a bit, and I think mid 90s could be the way forward for him. I think he's got a couple of wins in him this season, and he's a very likable sort. So he's he's the last one that I'll touch on. Yeah, nice one, mate. Also, King Leonidas in the 4:45 at Newmarket jocked up with the Tory on board. Keep him on side. He could be quite nice. I'm a fan of his as well. Uh, in the all grey colours of one of Sheikh Hamdan's sons, is it? Is that yeah, they are? I think it looks so. Looks almost like Logistics. <laughs> they used to be the it's green with the red cap, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Can we can we get on to BHA and say can we make him change back? I used to like them green silks. These just confuse me now. Plain grey, boring, <laughs> rubbish. Uh, silver, but what is it? Silver, not grey. No, it's grey. It's grey. As we move on to something that isn't boring and rubbish, it's the RTR and Nap Comp. How smooth was that? Jim? Seamless. You're free for the weekend. My nap of this weekend will be Love in the 1000 Guineas. I think she's got a very, very good chance to get the better of quadrilateral this time. My next best will be Terra Bellum in the Dahlia Stakes. I, I, I've sung her praises most of this podcast. I think she's got a very, very good chance against Magic Lily. And my reserve will be Brando, who is a very, very good price at this moment in time. And there shouldn't be anything good enough really to beat him. And if he's ready to go on his seasonal debut, which he normally is, I, I think he's got a very, very good chance. And, pal, if you were to add one in for a lucky 15 that are listeners could get involved with what would you go for oh uh, LR coming the Brigadier Gerard I like that mate we'll put a poll up as well because I'll have a lucky 15 as well as my nap comp and we'll see whether the listeners would rather go in with me or Jim on our lucky 15s for the weekend I'm gonna nap Brando to win the Abonnant at 11 to 8 just think he goes and does it I just think he's the best horse in the race by some margin and runs to form he wins it 
my next best to be Communique doing the Buckhound Stakes. Lovely price as well. He just loves Newmarket, doesn't he? He, he, he ups his game five, ten pounds every time he's there. And there's so much substance to his to his form there over the past two seasons. Good listed race that though. It's one of the ones I'm looking forward to most this weekend. Uh, I'll 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 reserve. The thing is, mate. Oh, shall I stick Pinatubo in as a reserve? Oh, crap. <laughs> Don't do this to him. But the thing is, no, do you know what? I like him, but he's boring, isn't it? And there are probably better bets this weekend. I'll go in with you on LR Cam as my reserve. We're going to have the same bet. Well, that's why I I brought Pinatubo up, mate. I'd have gone for LR Cam, but I thought if I say LR Cam, you just slate me. You just slate me. King Leonidas in the 445 would complete the lucky 15. I will go then LR Cam over Pinatubo as a matter of price. And sometimes, Jim, it's nice to agree with your friends. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. But hopefully, hopefully, we have agreed quite a lot this week. Yeah, maybe I've seen some sense this week. I've had a good, I've had a right good study. It's all this time off. It's great. You get to study the cards, you get to watch replays and, Superb, I could get used to this. Just sat in watching racing all day, it's great. If Jim's restaurant is suspiciously burnt down after lockdown, I know who I'll be having as prime suspect. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in to Turf Talk this week. Uh, we'll be back with a review episode early next week. Yeah, sounds good. Before previewing the following weekend's action. Go subscribe to Rating the Races, play the nap comp, follow Liam, follow all of our friends as part of the Turf Talk 12 as well. We've got Domino dialing out for us at the weekend. Uh, Thanks for listening and we'll see you all again next week. See you later, stay safe.